You don't have to worry about the rival gangs or the cops. You don't have to worry about those guys. You have to worry about the guy sitting right beside you. Your own damn friend. You think it's about brotherhood and, you know, solidarity. It's about everything but that. And, and that, that's what really broke my heart. Gang violence in Canada is on the rise. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. With the city already on edge in the face of a growing number of shooting deaths, there would be no relief this weekend. The once peaceful capital city is seeing a surge in gun violence. A 21-year-old was seriously injured. He died early this The 32-year-old victim has been identified. Police have identified the man as Jordan Pandy of Edmonton. The shooting happened outside. A double shooting in North Surrey that's left one man dead and another in hospital. They've been identified as 16-year-old Jess Karn Jason Juddy and 17-year-old Jess Karen Jesse Bangle. Their bodies lying on the side of the road with gunshot wounds. I can't live without it. <laughs> God knows I would do anything to see his face one more time. My parents and I will always love him dearly, and his death will leave a void in our hearts. If you have kids, if you have a brother, if you have a sister, you should be scared. Bang, 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 bang. Bang, bang, bang. I remember hearing about gangs back in the 90s when I was a kid. I mean, I was born in the 80s, but, you know, it wasn't until the 90s I got a little bit older, started to learn more about the world around me. One of the first gangs I remember hearing about was the Hells Angels. Of course, they're practically a household name when it comes to gangs. But still, gangs always seemed like a bit of an abstract concept to me. You know, this country just seemed too safe to be a place where gangs would ever really flourish. But man, looking back, how ignorant was I? I know that gang violence has been in the news a lot recently, but I, I still have a hard time wrapping my mind around Canada, this Canada that we know and love, this innocent country of ours being associated with gang violence. Oh, well, there's a long history of that, my gosh, going back over 100 years or more. James Dubrow is an award-winning crime writer. He's based in Toronto. We don't celebrate our criminals in this country, unlike the United States, you know, where Al Capone is practically a national hero. We tend to downplay it here. But we've had an illustrious group of bad guys over the many years of Canadian history. Uh, gambling houses in Vancouver in the 20s that brought down the mayor and the police chief. There was so much corruption and so much gang activity. So it goes way back in Canada. And there's so many of them now. There's so many gangs in Ontario and and, in British Columbia. There's so many gangs of many different ethnic groups. You know, you have the United Nations gang, which includes all sorts of people. You've got the Red Scorpions, which also includes Indian gangsters from India and Chinese and Vietnamese. You've got the Hells Angels, all providing drugs and other services. They recruit younger people to work for them. Part of the reason there's so much public pressure now on the gangs in British Columbia and Ontario and Toronto is that they've been killing younger people and innocent people. Why do you think that there's been an uptick in violence recently? Well, I think partly is the technology. You know, it's so much easier for enforcers, for the various gangs, to get information on where somebody is. You know, take this killing the other day of two rappers in Toronto 
obviously someone spotted them at this club with the various ways of communicating now. That information was got to the right people and they were able to order enforcers to go there and shoot and kill them as they were coming out of the club. I seen one young black man fall to the ground. Three victims were found with injuries. Bang, bang, bang. On okay. Pause. Bang, 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 bang. One man died on scene. Witnesses say he was shot in the head. If I wanted, I get it. Get it. Straight to the top where I'm headed. 21 year old Javante Smart, known by his rap name Smoke Dog, and 28 year old rapper producer Ernest Cozimodeque, who also went by Cobra Prime. The third victim remains in hospital. Don't get it confused. Call me There's increased demand for the products of organized crime. In the 21st century, it's amazing because I started working on this in the early 70s and I thought organized crime by now would be gone, but it's actually more popular than ever in the street gangs, what have you, because they're providing so many things that people want. You know, speed, crack, pot, cocaine, prostitutes, well, you name it. And uh, it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And the more things that are made illegal, the more things, more that helps organized crime and street gangs. When you think about it, it's existed for, for all time. I mean, just think of West Side Story in the 50s and 60s, you know, the wonderful musical about the Puerto Rican gang and the, and the other gang fighting for turf and fighting because of rivalries over women and other things. There's a great song in West Side Story called G. Officer Krupke. Hey, you! I don't know if you remember that song, but it gives all the reasons that young people join gangs. Dear kindly Sergeant Krupke, you gotta understand, it's just our bringing up key that gets us out of hand. Our mothers all are junkies, our fathers all are drunks. Golly Moses, naturally we're punks. You know, they come from poor environments, they're psychologically impaired by, you know, how they grew up. The trouble is, it's used for excuses. And that's derided in that song in West Side Story, G. Krupke, which is over 60 years ago. But of course, real life is a heck of a lot different than West Side Story. One of my colleagues, John McComb, spoke with an ex-gangster. Now, I can't tell you what his real name is. We had to change that, and we had to disguise his voice as well. Listen, and you'll find out why. So let's just start with a little background, sort of the basics. Did you grow up here? Yes. Yeah, I grew up in the Lower Mainland, I did, yeah. Yeah, and childhood, normal? I wouldn't call it exactly normal sheltered. You know, I lived a sheltered life, I think, you know. Um, you know, I, I was into boy scouting and I wasn't exactly a stellar student, more of a class clown. I'd never known anything about the gang life, you know, un- until my early teens. You know, I hit the street pretty young. It began, you know, pretty, pretty small potatoes, thefts, little theft unders, things of that nature. Quickly snowballed into hanging out with the wrong crowd and drug dealing. That's a pretty quick arc from being a Boy Scout to in your early teens, things starting to come off the rails a bit. So what were you thinking about? What was, what was going through your mind as you were making these choices? I think I, I was really confused, you know. Um, I'd gone through great trauma right around that time. I'd found out that my sister had been being sexually abused for 
you know, greater than 10 years or something like that without anybody knowing about it. Wow. And when I found that out, right, I was just so broken, right? Yeah. And I, I, I ran and uh, got, you know, involved with the wrong crowd. And, you know, it all just started happening really quick. Before you know it, when you're selling drugs, then I'd become addicted to drugs. That was something that I battled with for a long time. And that's also something that escalated very quickly from weed to heroin. Like, that's a pretty big jump, right? You're only a 14-year-old kid. No one should be giving you that stuff. And, uh, you know, that was life for me every day, right? And I became really addicted. And in order to feed those habits, crime just went through the roof. That's all it was. It was just stealing everything. Now it's stealing cars and... You know, stealing systems out of cars and the wheels off of cars and just stealing everything that wasn't tied down, right? And it was, you know, it was all being sold for drugs to, to, uh, supply your habit. In and out of jail now. In and out of jail three or four times, you know, you go to jail for a year for a high-speed chase, you get back out and it's right back to the drugs and right back to the gangs and right back to all the, the negative things in my life. And you're, what, 14, 15? 15, 16, 18. Then you start going to adult jail. And you start getting locked up for longer sentences. And I ended up in the pen when I was 19. Federal? In the federal penitentiary when I was 19, right? Now, now you're with killers and rapists and just bad people surrounding you. And before you know it, you start to fit in. You become institutionalized and that's just normal to you. Because you have to, right? In order to survive, right? Yeah. It's, you, you just, you, you take on that mentality, that chicken coop mentality, that, you know, that drug subculture mentality, that gangster mentality. Yeah. That disregard for, for everything that's right and, you know, just chaos, pure chaos is all it was. And then before you know it, you know, you're, you're sitting around with, with a bunch of people and... You know, you're talking about murders and, and who's getting clipped next. And before you know it, it's such a small world. One of those people up on that table is someone very dear to you. And then what do you do? You know, when it's, when it's your friends that start killing your friends, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not rival gangs. You don't have to worry about the rival gangs or the cops. John, you don't have to worry about those guys. You have to worry about the guy sitting right beside you, your own damn friend. And, and that, that's what really broke my heart, you know, is you, you think it's about brotherhood and, you know, solidarity and it's about everything but that, you know, yeah. it's about treachery. And I just got really sick of, of, of seeing friends killing friends, you know, and I, I just had to get away from it all, you know, and, uh. So I just cut ties with them. And a lot of people say, oh, you know, you can't just cut ties. To me, I, I find that's just an excuse for some people. I, I, I think if you want in your heart to make the right choices and, and to leave your gang and, and to go and live a good life, get a job, go to school, have some kids, raise a beautiful family, you know? If you want to do those things, you, you better not be doing it while you think you're a gang member because someone's going to come and take everything that you love away from you one day. 
And it's, it's, it's only going to take a second, too, you know? It, all, one red light, you're at a red light, that's all it takes. I want to know about when the lure was there and, you, and more and more you were, you were getting into this, was there ever a time when, I mean, was there any authority, any, your parents, anybody who said, hey, man, come on, you know, you can't go down that road, or that was just it, that was your life? You know, I, I can think of a, a few people that tried to talk some sense into me along the way. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're just so caught up in it, that's just it's just like a, a me-against-the-world type of attitude, right? And anybody that's not with you is against you, and, and you kind of filter them out, you push them aside, you, you try to avoid them because they, they don't agree with the things that you're doing, and, you know... Maybe you do love those people that are trying to talk you out of doing some bad things. But um, in my experience, that was never really an option. It was something that you have to find inside yourself, you know? It's almost like addiction. You have to want it. Yeah. Someone can't just talk you into it. You have to want it yourself. You want to live or do you want to die? It's that easy. Do you want to be free or do you want to be in jail? It's that simple. The, the message that we're trying to send is that if you're going to continue to do these things and be a part of the criminal lifestyle and involved in gangs, chances are you're going to end up dead or in jail, and that is the bottom line. We agreed to uh, not identify you. What, um, what could happen to you from just sitting down and talking about this? You know, it could be viewed as ratting, you know, snitching um and that's some it's that's something that you can get killed for cooperating with the police that's something that people are murdered for and um i can understand that fear you know i know that fear i live with that fear but more importantly sometimes you just have to stand up and do the right thing the stuff that attracts the most attention and gets people upset are the shootings that take place in the streets at night. Who does that? Who are these people? We keep hearing you know, low-level drug dealers, but you, you know these guys. Who are they, and what's the point of that? Because they, they don't seem to kill each other at a great rate. But I think maybe they're trying to make a name for themselves. Today's day and age, they don't really run like they used to in the you know 90s, early 2000s. They're a little bit different today. These youngsters, they're a little bit more cutthroat a lot more lone wolves working out there and stuff. I'm curious in, in trying to, to uh, drill down a bit into these various factions, these various gangs, how do you end up in a particular gang? Is it just a matter of, of who you happen to be hanging around with? Are you recruited? It's the area that you live in. Right. Right. It's, it's geographical. So neighborhood. Right. Or racial. You know, the brown guys with the brown guys, the white guys with the white guys type of scenario. And also it, it goes to social economic status, you know, yeah. higher class, upper class, if the type of money that you have to play with as well. Is there a hierarchy? I mean, does it end somewhere? Is there some guy sitting in, I don't know, Shaughnessy or West Vancouver who's ultimately the, the boss? I, I don't think it works like that, no. Not, not at all. I don't believe it works like that. Yeah. I think that's what people would like to believe. More, more often than not, you know, we're just filling up the cemetery. It's, it's, it's no life. There might be the odd case where someone is just exceptional 
at what they do mm -hmm. and they, they can take it to another level but more often than not and i'm talking 99.9% .9 of the time you're just gonna end up with a bullet in you what about the lifestyle we hear a lot about this fast cars women guns is that overblown no, there's there's a lot to that, right? That's romanticized, right? In movies and, and things like that, right? Yep. And, and who, who doesn't want a Bugatti? But, you know, there, there's proper ways to get things in life. The only thing I can think is the people that get things, they never live long enough to really enjoy them anyways. So, I mean, you can work as hard as you want on the street and make as much money as you want, but, you know, you're 20 now, I guarantee by the time you're 30, you're going to be in a box. So... It's, it's really up to you if you want to live the fast life or if you want to live the good life. Uh, there have been numerous stories of guys who hit their late 20s, 30, and they're looking for a way out. I mean, they've grown up. Yeah. It's, when you start having kids and start having a family and you start seeing the bigger picture, you know, when you're not so naive and you can't be lied to quite as easily, and, you know, you have a little bit more life experience under your belt. And, you know, people can't just, you know, you can't just run around and do this and do that. You know, you're, you're a little bit more grounded, right? Um, yeah, wow. Sorry, John. It's okay. It, it just blows my mind that, I, you know, the, these kids, to me, I feel sorry for them. It's, it's like a mental illness, but, and uh, there is a cure. Is there? Yeah, there is a cure. What is it? Just saying no to gangs. Say no to drugs. Say no to gangs. All those things that you're, you know, you should have been learning, all those things. Education, right? You know, you got to teach the, the kids in school to, to look at these people differently. But if somebody had come up to you when you were, you know, 12 or 14 or 15 and said, just say no to drugs, you would have laughed, them, laughed in their faces, right? I mean... Right. You can't, it's, it's not, it's not as simple as that. It is just as simple as that. Like, j just look back, you know, these things aren't working for people. You don't have to be a really, really intelligent person to understand that th this lifestyle is going nowhere. Yeah. I, I, I literally have a list of, on me of 10 or 12 friends mm -hmm. that, that died in the game and, uh, they're never coming back and these people's families are what's left. And I have to sit and, and, and talk and, and see their families going through these things. The grief processes and, you know, that, that's who's left. Is their mothers crying, their brothers and sisters crying, their fathers crying, their grandmas. Everybody is just so heartbroken. How could this happen to me, my son? Yeah. How could this happen to my brother? Not my brother. But it does. When you were trying to get out of this, talk to me about the stress. I mean, you literally are talking about potentially somebody, you know, shooting you in the head. Yeah, like, I've seen it um, with my own eyes. I've seen what a shotgun shell, what a round will, will do to a human skull. And it's not pretty. And when you get home invaded and a shotgun's put in your head, you think that you're going to be dead as well. Perspective changes. I mean... Post-traumatic stress? Like, yeah. Uh, anxiety? Yeah. There's just so many negative emotions. Yeah. Anger, hatred, you know. You, 
you know you know who's done what and you know there's sometimes there's nothing you can do about it and if you're doing the right thing there's nothing you can do about it there's nothing the police can do about it all 10 of my friends they're all unsolved homicides they're all unsolved you know these aren't just random things and they're not people that deserve to die they're young they're all young there's no reason why all these kids had to die I guess there just wasn't enough being done about it. We're going to see that things change now. So hopefully this pattern will end, but I can't see that happening anytime in the foreseeable future. Why? What's what's the driver? Demand for drugs? Uh, jobs. Hmm. These kids, you know, you can't expect someone that knows they can make $1,000 a day to go and work for $8 an hour. They have no other skills. I don't know. John, that's a question that'll live on in the ages because, you know, this is a problem that is going to be around for a really long time. And uh, that's scary to me. How do you feel now about yourself? About myself? Yeah. I'm sad. Um, I'm really sad a lot. Um, sorry, sorry. It's okay. That was a hard question. It's all right. Don't worry. I try to stay strong. Um, because everybody views me as that guy. But it's really hard. Some things you just can't unsee. Yeah. And I'm just really tired of burying friends. And I don't have any more friends that are gang members today. So I probably won't have that problem for a long time. So you got enough to last a lifetime. Yeah. It's hard to go back, isn't it? To... Yeah. I think where I'm really emotional today is on the way here. I was actually looking at old photos. And uh, I'm just having a hard time getting their faces out of my head. <laughs> They were good people, you know. They're just living the wrong lifestyle, and they just never had a chance. Were their stories similar to yours? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested in how how people end up getting into gangs, how they end up doing that. I mean, did they all come from a place of trauma? Did they, you know, did they have emotional baggage from being kids? Not to blame it on our parents. Yeah. But uh, there was definitely a lack of supervision. Yeah, guidance. Yeah, there was a big lack of supervision. Is that because the parents weren't around or? I think it's just that they grew up in a different time, you know, where all your kids go outside and play. Yeah. But, you know, in our day, that maybe wasn't such a good idea. Yeah. What would you say to those guys now, the ones who've, who've died? If you had a chance to go back, is there a point that you would say to them? You know, that's something I, I struggle with because um, a couple of them, before they were killed, I told them to slow down. Yeah. I use those exact words, slow down, 
and uh, they didn't listen to me. They were living the fast life, and they just couldn't be told anything, and they didn't last long. And it, this is very therapeutic for me, you know, this is not some, this is like a big, this is, this is, this isn't something I ever get to talk about to anybody. When all your friends are dead, I mean. I presume that you don't talk about this to many people, but do you get any therapy? Do you talk to people? Do you, how do you, or do you just keep it bottled up? I bottle it up, mm. um, self-medicate here and there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming in today and, uh, and telling us your story, because I think it's important that people get a sense of, of why these things happen, how they happen. To come in here and sit down and talk to us about it, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I wasn't sure of me I don't know if you can really pinpoint just one, but if you had to, who would you say is the most dangerous gang in Canada? Mm, that, that depends on how you define danger. I mean, you could say the most dangerous gang is the ones that don't shoot straight. <laughs> Obviously, the most serious gang is one that has the best national, international connections. And I would have to say the Hells Angels is one of the most serious dangerous gangs in the country. The thing about the Hells Angels and the Mafia, Mafia groups, is they tend to be a little more focused when they kill people. Not always, but they tend not to, to try to, to avoid killing innocent people. And the reason for that is they don't want public pressure to come down on them. So do you think that the legalization of marijuana is going to have any effect on these dangerous gangs? Uh, their main reason for putting this law in is that so many people are smoking dope and they're getting it all from organized crime. Now they'll be getting a lot of it from, from government sources. It's hard to say how much it's going to impact organized crime. Organized crime has already moved on to fentanyl and other drugs that people want. You know, uh, a certain amount of marijuana, I don't know what percentage, will still be provided by organized crime, either because it's to people who are underage, and then, of course, the price. Organized crime will un undercut the official price. So there'll still be a huge market for organized crime under uh, legalization. It just won't be as big. It seems like these crime organizations just have their tentacles into so many different parts of their industry that yes. I don't even know how you stop organized crime. Well, you really can't. I mean, you can only keep chipping away at it. You can't really... It's been around since the beginning of time, almost, you know. There were organized crime gangs in ancient Rome. It's, it's just part of human nature. The recent rise of gun violence in Canada's major cities has shown a lot more needs to be done to stop it. A lot of people have opinions on that. More police officers, more programs to deter kids while they're still in school... However, if history is anything to go by, this is just another wave in our country's ongoing fight with organized crime. This Is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer, with help from Alan Regan and John McComb. You can find us on Twitter at This Is Why. You can email us thisiswhy at globalnews.ca. 
subscribe to This Is Why. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your favorite shows from. And once you subscribe, give us a rating and a review too on this episode. Tell your friends about us as well if you've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next Friday. 